Spinoff. Is there any word more thrilling to the human soul? Hi, I'm Troy McClure. You may remember me from such TV spin-offs as Son of Sanford and Son and After Mannix. I'm here at the Museum of TV and Television with a real treat for Simpsons fans, if any, because tonight we present The Simpsons Spin-Off Showcase. Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount. This week we're here to review the Simpsons spin-off showcase. The episode that gave us the love, Matic Grandpa. I am Dando. I am Mitch. Please don't ever sing that again. Why? Uh, because it just doesn't sound quite as sweet coming from you. Love, Matic Grandpa. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I suppose that's an improvement. How you doing? I'm pretty good. How are you? I've, I've been better. I must say, this episode... Has never been a favorite of mine, and it's still not a favorite of mine. I love the first act. The second one is passable, but that smile time variety hour, I just, I wanted to like it for this review, but I just don't like it. Uh, <laughs> it just... this, yeah, look, it's not been, it's been a long time since I've done a review and felt the way I feel right now, but that was a rough 20 few minutes. <laughs> like, it just was not a huge amount of fun. I can appreciate what they were going for. And I, I, like I said, I think that first segment, Wigan P.I., I thought that was great. I really I really enjoy that. I always enjoy watching it. Yeah. But, oh, man, that last one, it's just... The, the, the joke outstays its welcome in the first 30 seconds. Yeah, it does. And honestly, that's kind of my biggest criticism of the entire episode. I also really enjoy Wigan P.I. Uh, but the just the episode on the whole, it only really has one joke. It's just... Here's Simpsons characters doing something that you haven't seen them do before because that's what TV shows do sometimes when they're out of ideas and, and you know, ha-ha, we're out of ideas. That's pretty much all there is to it. And it just starts to fall apart a little bit. And I it probably doesn't help that the sorts of sitcoms that Love Manic Grandpa sends up and the sorts of variety shows that the Simpsons Smile Time Family Hour send up don't really exist anymore. So... They, like, I reckon I laughed at that when I was younger and those shows, like, Hey, Hey, It's Saturday was on and those shows were a little bit more relevant, but now it's just a bit of a slog to get through and the, you know, the fact that those shows were never funny is kind of what the joke was here. But when you've forgotten that, then you're just left with the fact that you're watching The Simpsons not be funny for a little while. And that's exactly what, um, what Graining was concerned about. I've read that he... He didn't really want to do it because he was scared that viewers wouldn't get the fact that they were intentionally trying to write the episode bad. Yeah. Um, and for that reason, because if you're a, a viewer who's just going back and watching the back catalogue of The Simpsons, if for whatever reason you've never watched the show before, you would watch this and go, maybe you get it and like you understand what they're going for and it just bores you. But some people just wouldn't understand. They'd be like, what, what is going on right now? Yeah. For me, it was more that that, I mean, obviously I get it, but yeah. it's just... There's Why only are you doing so this? long. Yeah, there's only so long that you can watch something not be funny and laugh at the fact that it's like, oh yes, I see. They're not being funny on purpose. Very clever. But then after a period of time, you're like, um, like 
there's not much difference between just imitating not being funny and not being funny. Yeah, I don't I don't watch those shows because I don't find them funny. So I like your show because I find it funny. Please stop trying to be not funny. Mm. Whereas I guess what helps is that um, in Wigan PI, they're taking a style of show, like 70s cop shows, that were never trying to be funny. And mm. they do that more as a straight up parody of those style of shows. Whereas to try and parody to parody a show that thinks it's funny, you have to not be funny. And that I think that's why Wigan PI stands up a bit more because it is genuinely good. Like I, I've thought that that segment rang true or, or rang very similar to the Ben Stiller, Owen Wilson, Starsky and Hutch. That mm-hmm. it's very like if you if you were a fan of that movie, you'd be a fan of Wigan PI and vice versa. Well, we were discussing today via email because that's what we do when we're at work. A few things we were saying to each other, there's not much we're going to be able to really discuss about this. It's kind of like a treehouse of horror. There's no real substance to it. It's just sort of a thing. Uh, so, we've, we, you posted out a few questions. The first one you said out was, which of these shows would you most like to be, see be made for real and why? And I think we can both agree. Wigan PI? Yeah, I'd asked that question before I'd rewatched the episode. So, so I didn't okay. realise how obvious of an answer it was going to be. But yes, yeah, but I, very I, I much Wigan cr- PI. Cr- crime dramas, they're just really... For people who like crime dramas and ones like this, there is endless source material. Really, you can just make up... Just villain after villain after villain. Yeah. And you can... It, like for this one here, you've also said to me... Where would it go in two or three seasons? I thought it'd be cool after a season or two, Skinner turns bad, and then it's Skinner versus Skinny Boy versus Wiggum. Ooh. Skinny Boy versus Fat Boy. Yes. <laughs> that Skinny would be and the Fat cool. Man. <laughs> <laughs> but then by the end of the season, he'd come good again, and he would have seen his ways, because Wiggum knew that he's just a small-town grifter, a small-time grifter, so that's why he picked him up. So it'd be that thing of, like, you're forgiven, and then they do a reset for the season four. I just think the other two, so we've said what we thought about the variety hour. It's just, it outstays its welcome pretty quick. The Moe's one, whilst I find it funny, it, for the most part, it's just got zero potential. I mean, where does it go following that episode? Um, I guess it would be a date of the week. Like, it'd be like... But, 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 but why would it be... They, they're in love by the end of it. No, they're not really in love. It, it'd have to be Grandpa goes to a different person every week. No, I think it would. I think it would still be Mo every week. It would just be like how Jerry Seinfeld had a different date every week on the show. But it'd just be this. It'd just be the same thing over and over again. Yeah, but how, that's how what many those, times can you make? Yeah, I know, that's what but. those styles of like. I mean, I feel like Love Magic Grandpa is very much sending up British sitcom, and that's you know like only fools and horses and that sort of thing. Like that is pretty much what it is. Buckets and bouquets. It's every episode of Buckets and Bouquets is exactly the same as every other episode of Buckets and Bouquets. What did you Sorry, prefer? Sorry, that's not yeah. what it's called. Keeping up appearances. <laughs> what did you prefer? This or the 138th episode Spectacular? They're similar in their concepts. I think I preferred 138th episode Spectacular, but they're well, both... That was fun, wasn't it? It was, but they're also still both fairly forgettable. At least with that, we got... I don't know, we got stuff that I was actually genuinely interested in seeing and deleted things and things like that, which at yeah, that that's point, true. we didn't have DVDs and things. We, didn't, we couldn't source that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't, like, while I'm critical of this episode, I'm not critical of the reasons for it existing as well. Like, I, I get the strain on the writers, and like, that they needed to just throw away a couple episodes to be able to fill a week. But I do feel like if I was watching, I would have felt really shortchanged if I'd tuned in to watch this as an adult, and this was the, you know, the new episode of The Simpsons that I got. I'd feel like I'd been neglected a little bit as a fan. Even with the 130th episode spectacular, I didn't feel like this. But after watching this, 
this is the first time since we started doing this podcast that I've sort of watched it and thought, man, they're really, really running out of ideas. Yeah. Yeah. And look, eight, eight, episodes, uh, eight seasons is a really long time to be doing a comedy show. Yes. And they've yeah. done a lot of really bold things. So it's not even really, it's not a criticism. It's not unexpected that they would be running out of ideas. And they've all openly said, like, we weren't expecting to be on the air by now. We thought we'd be done. And the fact that it's still going, you know, some 22 seasons later is is remarkable. Well, they actually acknowledge it at the end of this episode with the whole Osmodiar, which was a piss take of the final episodes of the Flintstones and yep. just sort of saying, where are they going to go? You no know, crazy weddings and things like that. I think they hinted at that in 138th one, but this is the first time where they sort of outright made fun of the fact that the show should be over. Even the, the family that doesn't know the meaning of the word cancelled, yeah. like they're acknowledging... It's almost like they're saying to Fox, we don't know what to do anymore. Stop giving us money. We want to go home and do something different. <laughs> yeah. I want to do a story about a princess in a castle. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so, uh, did you also read about the proposed real spin-offs that were going to happen back in, in the day, as they say? Uh, no, I didn't. What were they What were they planning? So, there was a few. So, the, the original one was going to be Krusty, um, a live-action Krusty show. Uh, okay. Where Dan Castellaneta would... Now, people have actually written in. I say Dan Castellaneta. People say it should be Dan Castellaneta. Isn't it spelled with an A? It's E-T-A. Is it really? But it's one T, so shouldn't it be Dan Castellaneta? Um, well, let's get him on the show and find out. I think that's the only way. I'm pretty... Uh, wait, let me just double check the, the spelling of it. I'm pretty sure that's it's Dan Castellaneta. N-E-T-A. Let me just double check. Before yeah, it is. we get people writing in. It is that? Yeah. Um, yeah okay, cool. So, if you're reading that, it should be Dan Castellaneta. But I've, I swear I heard someone say Castellaneta. Could be Castellaneta. Could be, yeah. Anyway, however you say it. Um, he was going Let's to try to... I was going to say, I'll try to find a clip of somewhere where he's being introduced. Well, just listen to an audio commentary. Anyway, Danny um, Boy. Yes, uh, he was going to portray Krusty, and it was going to be about Krusty moving to LA to start his own talk show. And it never really got off the ground, but that was just like the, the basis of it. And whilst this sounds ridiculous it was he was going the, one of the recurring jokes was going to be that he lives in a house that's on stilts and beavers would constantly be gnawing at the stilts i was like okay um yeah right okay that that didn't go anywhere um the one that i wish had have really taken off was tales of springfield so it's kind of like 22 short films but a recurring even though they just did this once a season three th- three acts um doing spin-offs but i know we watched this one we didn't really like it but I feel like if it was just within the world of Springfield, so they weren't portraying spin-offs as in like taking them away from Springfield. It was just a show about sub-characters. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, okay. Um, if it, So like more as in take the style of 22 vibe. short films, yeah and, yeah, and do it for a longer a longer story for each character. Um, yeah, I think that could work. Just for uh, focusing on characters that back in that time didn't really get a full episode about them. Like, you didn't even have to include the Simpsons family. It was just, yeah. what else is happening in Springfield that's not Simpsons related, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'd be more inclined to watch something like that. Yeah. Groening also wanted to do a Fantasia, but he didn't think the staff would be up to do it because they were just so busy already doing the show. Yeah. Um, but that would have been cool. I know we kind of got the itchy and scratchy little mini one. But yeah, I, th- I think a Simpsons Fantasia, you can still do it. And I think, I don't know, but the thing is with Fantasia, I never really enjoyed it as a kid. Did you? Really? Uh, probably not as a kid. I enjoy it more as an adult. I think I can just sit back and appreciate the art of it. Yeah, which now it was always designed to be that. I don't think it was ever really made for kids. Um, kids were going to watch it because it had Mickey Mouse, but 
there's the sequence. I'm not sure if it's in the original or if it was in Fantasia 2000, but that very long sequence with the whales, uh, that is really not for children. Like it's, it's, it's not as in like it's unsuitable for children, but they haven't made that for kids. And the final spin-off was going to be Phil Hartman doing a live-action Troy McClure film. How amazing would that have been? Yeah, that would have been pretty cool. I mean, less of a... Obviously, it's a spin-off in a different form. Or would it have been like a Troy McClure entourage where maybe every season he's working on a different movie? No, this wouldn't have been a show. This is just a a standalone film. Yeah, okay. I think it could work as a show, though. You reckon? Yeah, I do. For, like, if they did it in that exact way that, like, Mm. just, you know, come up with six or so different Troy McClure movies and every week we're focusing on the pitfalls of a different one. Like a, a, a B-grade celebrity who thinks he's an A? Um, or, does, or, or do you, or do you think part Troy of it. So knows he's a B-grade? Part of it would be Troy's life. Part of it would be just, you know, what's happening on set. Like the Tales of Springfield thing. I still think that's something they can return to now, even now. I think, I think people are clamoring for something different. And I think this could be an idea, maybe. Are they? Like, I don't think people are clamoring for anything from The Simpsons, to be honest. Like, not people of our vintage. I think if they change it up a bit, though, it would at least perk some people's interest. It'd get a few. It's not going to be. It's not. It's not going to change things too much. Well, I I've, like. I've read, I've read that season thirty is getting the best ratings the Simpsons has had in four or five years. Yeah, I have heard that, which is very, very good, and I've yes. heard some good reviews. As much as I haven't actually watched any of it, to be perfectly mm. honest. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I, I get it. I get that it could be a. Um, it could pique some interest, but I don't think it's going to be a magic bullet or anything along those lines. Like, if someone said, tune in this week, they're doing an entire episode about Lenny, I wouldn't go out of my way just because that was what they were doing. I mm. think some would, though. I agree on that. I still think, going back to my idea of just doing short clips for online. Yeah, I know. You've pushed that a number of times. Yeah, I know you don't agree, but I just think it's just it's easier to access it. Because in Australia... Unless you illegally download it, The Simpsons is just virtually impossible to find new episodes, don't you reckon? Yeah, yeah, but that's not necessarily going to change if it's online because, like, the same geo blocking would probably apply. I've got here too. I I thought that the glue that held this together at least was McClure. Just anytime we have Troy McClure in the episode, just feels it's just reassuring and nice just to hear hear Phil's voice. Yeah, at least that's at least it's some positive from the episode. You know what I mean? Yeah, I did enjoy him. Not realizing that the hallway ended when he's walking that was amazing. through. Yeah, absolutely was amazing. <laughs> Just backpedals around like nothing happened. Another thing you sent through, by the way. So you said pitch another spin off idea. Yep. I've gone with, so going back to the episode where the PTA, uh, PTA disbands, the one with the, the illegal immigrant vote, non proposition, uh, whatever it is. Yep. And Willie gets deported. So we elaborate on that. And the show's called Scots on the Rocks, where Willie gets deported, yeah. goes back home, returns to work at the family pub. Something happens with his parents. He then has to take over the pub and he's now a bartender at his pub back in Scotland. Okay. Hilarity ensues. Yeah, I'd go. I'd watch Scots on the Rocks. That's that's pretty good. I like that what you've done there is remove it. Similar to Frasier, you've taken that to an entirely different location so you don't have the uh, constant thing of like, oh, will there be a cameo or won't there be a cameo? Mm. It's just yeah. you let it stand on its own two legs. That's important. Yeah, yeah I like that. I was thinking... I didn't go as far as coming up with a name for it. Um, well, actually, sorry. <laughs> uh, I didn't go as far as thinking of anything at all. I, I No, I just realized that I broke my own rules because I said avoid members of the original family. And the first one <laughs> that I thought of was a show with um, uh, Lisa and Alex P. Keaton from Family Ties 
coming together and like it, it would be a take on almost like Veep, but entering the world of uh, activists, political activists. So Lisa is a bit older, or like she just leave school? What's the what's the plan? No, I think we keep her as a young age, and that's like this unspoken thing that she's an eight year old, but no one questions her on it because of how passionate she is and how outspoken she is. She's homeschooled. Uh, yeah, that'll work. <laughs> she's homeschooled by herself. She's like Matilda. Uh, yeah. So if I was gonna go one about a non core Simpsons member, who would I most like to watch? Doctor Hibbert, MD. See, I was going to go that, and I thought that would have been the obvious one because we've already sort of seen that at like with the twenty-two short films. I know it was Doctor Nick, but I'm like, we already got sort of a story at the hospital with the sub character. Mm. That's why I tried to sort of because I know Willie wasn't really in twenty-two short films, so I wanted to try and find something different. But yeah, I would definitely watch a share Hibbert MD. It'd be awesome. But would it would it be that Doctor Nixie's rival? Would Doctor Nick be in the in the show or? Uh, no, no, I I wouldn't have had Doctor Nick in there at all. It'd be more like a comedy version of House. Is Doctor Hibbert? House though, no, but so like, like could, could could you watch a whole show based around Hibbert? Yeah, I think so. Okay, well maybe like you could have Hibbert running his own practice, so you throw in new characters, new doctors, that sort of thing. From this day forward, your names will be. Did you come up with a new name for this episode? I know you didn't uh, do the, the show. Uh, I didn't bother, but if I was to think of one right now, it would be Simpsons writers throw out ideas. <laughs> Please end this show. The stuff that wasn't good enough. For the first eight seasons. <laughs> now, you also said to me some obscure TV spin-offs that you may not have heard of. I didn't have time to find any, but I'm assuming you've got a couple. And if you do, can we save that to the mailbag? Uh, yeah, I can save that. That's no dramas. Next question. You there, eating the paste. Trivia time. I'll kick off this week. I usually let you kick off, but I thought I'd take the reins this week. I'll have a go. What were Skinner and Wigan P.I., Skinny Boy and Wigan P.I., entering with? Boxes of what in their new Ooh. office at the beginning? Pens. Nope. Um, no, don't know. Magnifying glasses and trench coats. Ah, of course. Makes sense. Um, <laughs> do you, how many magnifying glasses do you think a PI goes through in his career? I don't know. It depends. Someone like Wiggum. I think Wiggum would... Would he really look after his his uh, tools, do you think, mm, Wiggum? No. I think Skinner no. would, but Wiggum wouldn't. So he'd probably yeah. go through a lot. Skinner, on the other hand, would have like a lucky magnifying glass. Yep. Yeah, that's a fair point. I also, um, or perhaps it's a thing that the, you can only buy them in bulk. Uh, my first question is, what was Fish holding in the painting? Fish? Yeah, it was one of the oh, shows. Oh, yeah, one of the shows, yeah. Um, oh, shit, no idea. Uh, toilet paper. He was tucking toilet paper into his jacket pocket. My next question is, who invented kissing and where and why? Who, where and why? Hmm. Mary Antoinette in Scotland to... Uh, disguise herself as a commoner. Nearly. It's Grandpa. He invented it in World War Two, or World War One, sorry, as a reason to spread germs. As a reason to spread germs. That's pretty well, you know, whatever it takes. Yes. Um so Grandpa was one of the one of the first well well I suppose mustard gas in World War One, but chemical warfare. Good on you, Abe. Yes. Uh what did Homer sell Grandpa's suit for? Oh, I remember the scene. I can't I know he's I know he buried him naked. Now nah, what did he sell it for? A ping pong table. Ping pong table. Speaking of, I just we just got a ping pong table. Oh, yeah. Who died? <laughs> well, it was actually my old one at my parents' place. But dad's like, you need to take this ping pong table. I'm throwing it out. And I'm like, eh, okay. So, I've taken it. I think it's going to find its way to the tip. Because when are we ever going to play ping pong? Uh, yeah. Like, I I mean, 
I enjoy it, but trying to find anyone else that enjoys it is fairly difficult if you're not in university. It's one of those things where the idea of ping pong's good, but it's just it's actual it's commitment and exercise. It's not just something you can just sit on the couch and play. You got to really invest yourself, and then it gets all competitive and yeah, just Forrest Gump it go against the wall. I'll totally film myself and put it in the Patreon group. Uh, my final question is, who was the special guest on the uh, Smile Time Variety Hour? Uh, Tim Conway. What sort of a stupid question is that? Dude, I didn't even know who Tim Conway, Tim Conway was. No, me either, but it's a pretty obvious... Oh, well, as in, I'm vaguely aware of him, but it's just the fact that there's the joke, what's a Tim Conway? Yeah, yeah. Is that your uh, My question? final question <laughs> is, what time did the Simpsons Variety Hour start? Was it 8.15? I think it was, it was 8.20, yeah. 8.20, 8.15, yeah. And was, I, thought, I remember looking at it thinking, that's an odd time to start a show. <laughs> I did I did like Kemp Brockman being used as like the... Um, who was the who was Johnny's announcer? Was it Ed? Uh, yeah, Ed. But th- that was actually a takeoff of a show called Laugh, Laugh In, I think it was, which was a show that ran in America for four or five years, a sketch show. And that's how it used to be introed, with a guy in the booth, and that's what it was taken off. It was a, gotcha. like a variety sketch show, yeah. Yeah. Favorite moment from the episode, what was yours? Oh, favorite moment for the episode would comfortably be, it's it's just Skinner's introduction with like slightly unshaven as Skinny Boy. It's that that is it for me. That well, one, of, one of the things that you you asked me too was which of the Simpsons characters, non-family related, um, do you think could have its own show? I think yeah. Skinner, because Skinner, I just think that he he can be believable as a badass. And as a wimp, there's so much you can do with the character. He's a good guy, he can be a bad guy, and he's just mm. a really funny character. Yeah. Whenever whenever Skinner's involved, it's always a good time. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Uh, and I also, yeah, you could. He's just as believable in the army as he is in a school. Yeah, Skinner Skinner rocks. Already mentioned anything you want to mention to the listeners before we get into the review of Simpsons Spinoff Showcase? Just that if you've gone back and rewatched this because you're listening to our podcast and you want to go along, I'm sorry. <laughs> like <laughs> it's just not that bad. <laughs> it was how it was our fault for choosing to do every episode. But it was one of those things though, like I'm not joking, and I don't like Bad Mouth and the Simpsons, but during it I sort of looked at my at my clock on my laptop and thought, Oh, how much longer to go? Like it was just I was done. Yeah. You know? Maybe maybe I'll qualify it by saying it's just bad for these purposes. It's yes. it's a bit of mindless fun and that's fine, but it's bad if you need to sit down and review it because there's not yeah. a lot to say. I should probably mention my favourite moment as well. I forgot to mention it. It's Big Daddy jumping into his chair just so he could spin around. And then we get the music cue. Yeah, that's pretty great. The eyebrow raise. It's just... You! So good. Yeah, It's just like that joke of, that's, well, that's what a villain would do. They'd race him back into the room just so they can do the spin around. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I had a similar race uh, last night. I was trying to race back into my house so I could lock Ash out. Like, jokingly. Not not for real. But uh, she w- she'd chosen to empty something into the bin late at night just in uh, a state of undress that I thought would be very funny to try to lock her at the front door in. Um, she was a little too quick for me, though. The thing is, though, you really you start panicking, though, if they get a little bit too close when you're trying to do that because you know you've got to have an extra three or four seconds on them to have time to close the door behind you and lock exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, I didn't want a broken finger scenario for the sake of a practical joke. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Alrighty, the Simpsons spin. Oh, by the way, guys, we're going to be uh, drawing out this month's winner of the prizes for the Patreon group. We're going to be doing that at the beginning of the mailbag, so stay tuned for that. But the Simpsons spin-off showcase, the original air date was May 11th, 1997, and it has no chalk gag or cash gag, does it, Mitch? Just a straight cold open to Mr. Troy McClure, which I'm not complaining about. No, and I guess it it makes sense in the face of, like, when you've got three stories to tell, you've, you've got to... 
you've got to crack into those different segments. What that says is, is admittedly, it's breaking format. You know, oh, this is yeah. going to be a normal Simpsons episode. Yeah, that's true. Similar to the original uh, introductions to the Halloween episodes. And, and it was just nice having Troy McClure hosting it. He, he's the perfect character for this kind of thing. Um, mm. Like you mentioned before, you loved that he walked into the wall. I thought that was great. It's just yeah. a, a subtle thing. If you're not looking, like I was, I was writing notes, I sort of looked up and I thought, what just happened there? I, was like, I, just, I just completely forgot that happened. I thought it was a really nice touch. But did you hear that he's at the Museum of TV and Television? Yeah, yes, I did. Uh, I also loved another little subtle joke that he throws in there was... Um, Simpsons, uh, you know, a must-see for Simpsons fans, if there are any. <laughs> yes. As said, this whole episode was just sort of taking the piss out of the fact that they can't believe the show's still going. Yeah. And we've, and we've spoken to Bill, and Bill has mentioned numerous times to us that people, he didn't even think people were still watching at that point. No. Like the, 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 the hype of The Simpsons had died down completely. Not completely, but season six was really the real tip-off, I think, for the, for the Simpsons, like the yeah. golden era hype, you know? Look, if you look at the ratings, the um, the ratings in season eight weren't huge. Like, they, they weren't doing the numbers of 20s and occasionally 30s that they were doing when they first started. Like, they, they sort of nestled into about eights, roughly, eights, nines, and then started to drift away from there. Now, what was the premise for this spin-off? It was that Fox wanted 35 new shows. To fill yeah, to, to fill their lineup, their lineup, which was the Simpsons, Melrose Place, and X Files. Melrose Place, that was a blast from the past. Reading that, yeah, um, I I have never seen a second of Melrose Place. I'm not sure if you would have watched any of it. No, I just know Heather Lockyer was in it. Lock Lockyer, yep. Lockyer, Lockyer. Yeah. and then she went to uh, Spin City. Yeah, she did, and quite enjoyed her in Spin City. Mm, yeah, definitely. Uh, they decided doing uh, three spin-offs would be much easier. The Simpsons writers, that is, and then we kick off straight away into Wigan PI. What I love the most about PI, no, this isn't what I, it's not what I love the most, but what I really enjoyed about Wigan PI was the the music score. It was just bang on for this kind of show, don't you reckon? Yeah, it it was. It's uh, it really, as I said, like it, it nails the Starsky and Hutch uh, kind of vibe that. Owen, uh, that that is in that Ben Stiller Owen Wilson movie. Like I was imagining that this could pretty comfortably work with a, you know, like Vince Vaughn could have popped up guest voicing a character. Like it was, it was that kind of perfect. And it's funny you say because if this was made now, can you imagine how many guest stars they would have had just to fill the gaps in in these? Yeah, that's true. There would have been plenty of them just to, yeah. as you said, just to make their way through that. But I love the intro theme. How at the end it goes, da 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 da, and it's got like Ralph making the joke. That's exactly what they were like. Yeah, you know, just they were serious but also fun those shows. But yeah, so it kicks off with uh, Wiggum and Skinner walking to their new offices. Ah, New Orleans, the Big Easy, Sweet Lady Gumbo, Old Swampy. I still don't understand, Clancy. Why give up your job as a small town police chief to set up a detective shop in New Orleans? Oh, lots of reasons, I suppose. Got kicked off the force for one thing. For massive corruption. For massive, exactly. Yeah. As for me, I was born and bred here in the mean streets of New Orleans. Oh, sure, I left briefly to take that principal's job in Springfield, but in my heart, I, I've always been a small-time hustler. I know. That's precisely why I hired you as my leg man, skinny boy. They set up the show in, like, 15 seconds. The whole premise of this show. You could literally watch an episode now and know exactly what's going on. Why they're yeah. there, everything. It's just It's all set up straight away. And it's all yeah. believable. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's it's one of those things that, like, uh, I liked the exposition in that that's exactly the way it would have been written if that was actually yes. being done that way. It it yeah, it just feels the gaps. Like, I'm not sure 
I have watched the first episode of Frasier, actually. That is one um, when Frasier kicked off. Like, it just kicked off. There was no explaining, like, oh, geez, it's really good that you've moved here and you're no longer hanging out in that bar, Mr. Crane. Like, there was none of that sort of dialogue. It just kicked off as if the first episode of Frasier feels like Frasier had been on air for 15 years. Yeah, but you, you could watch Frasier the first season. And I'm not sure if there's characters from Cheers in later episodes of the first season. I've only just started properly watching Frasier. You wouldn't have no idea that Cheers even existed. Yeah, they do have cameos. Um, yeah, I've heard they have cameos, but I haven't seen one yet. Yeah, some yeah. really, really great episodes when you do get into that realm, actually. Woody comes back, right? Uh, there's They all come back at various points, yeah. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. So, oh, another thing here, and they never really touch on it, but why is Wiggum a single parent? Um, Well, just because... If he's not, then where is uh, whatever Wickham's wife's name is? Yeah, Sarah. Yeah, I know. But they, Sarah, they, thank you. They acknowledge that it's still in canon. He's like, well, why did you leave Springfield? But so it's he's it's still in the canon of the Simpsons. So where is Sarah? They never they never touch on it. She, he's, she's just gone. Well, obviously uh, they're divorced. Yeah. Or is she dead? Uh, I, I, I'm going with divorce. I'm going. I'm going with a more sadistic path. He had to get away from Springfield because it reminded him too much of his ex-wife. Yeah, right. Well, that's full on. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he had to leave Springfield because of why, Mitch? Uh, ooh, why did he have to leave Springfield? Oh, massive um, corruption. corruption. Massive, massive corruption. <laughs> yes. <laughs> then we get old Skinny Boy's history, and you, you buy into it because it's Skinner. And whenever he tells something about his past, it's always great. Yeah, it is. Uh, I I love the. Yeah, I I like the way he pronounces New Orleans. Like I grew up here in New Orleans. Like yeah. he just drops into that for that one little bit. We then get the skull through the window, just setting up that there is a villain out there who already wants to take on Wiggum. Mm-hmm. Then he tucks Ralph into bed. Oh man, what a day! No cakewalk, being a single parent, juggling a career and a family like so many juggling balls. Two, I suppose. Daddy, these rubber pants are hot. You wear them until you learn, son. Mwah. So then they're out having dinner. Not sure who's babysitting um, Ralph at this point. So this is where Skinner mentions the whole Big Daddy because uh, Skinner, Skinny Boy knows that the, the hookup with what's going on in the streets because, you know, he's from there. Um, he explains the whole Big Daddy thing and we get the, the same thing. I don't think he's ever going to be bothering me, of course. Yeah. Cut to him bothering him. Yes. The crocodile. Skinner is a badass in this moment. It's an alligator, but yes. Alligator. We, we say crocodiles down here, even though they're two completely different things. Um, yeah, so I was going to say, we don't say crocodiles down here. We have crocodiles down yes. here. <laughs> we also have alligators. Do we have alligators here? I think they're saltwater. Are, are, there are, you, saltwater sure? are you sure we have alligators here? I don't think um, we do. We may be in the zoo, but... Alligator in Australia. Alligators in the sewers. Anyone who knows ET will get that reference. Uh, I know alligators mostly America. The American America. alligator is found in the southeast United States. My apologies. Apology accepted. But the point is, they are different animals. It's like saying you say ostrich, I say emu. Like no, they're two <laughs> they're different, just, two different they're creatures. Two different yes. The, the, the thing here with the corks on the teeth, it, it bothers. It doesn't bother me, but it's just like we just saw the teeth with no corks on them, and now there's corks on them. We yeah. Look, it's only a flash of the teeth. Maybe no, no, corks. they're on there for a good five seconds. When, yeah. Whenever, the whole time his head's in the mouth, there's no corks on the teeth. Okay. Yeah, okay. Look, it is hard to hard to defend. Well, actually, it's not, sorry, it's not hard to defend. The reason for that, obviously they just shouldn't have shown the mouth in there, but if they do that, it's not very exciting. But if they 
do it and you see the corks, then it's not funny when he says there were, it was a warning gate and yeah. there's corks on the teeth. I feel like if we were writing this episode, we would have gone, if, well, you would have been pushing for it and I would have gone, yeah, but then you, you can't see the corks. You're like, yeah, but the joke won't work. And I'll say, well, then don't, don't do the joke. And you're like, but the joke's funny. But, 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 and I'd be like, no, the I don't think the joke is that funny. I think if so we you were would writing, cut it out? <laughs> I think if I was writing this episode, I would have followed it up by writing my resume and looking for somewhere else to work. <laughs> so we find out that Ralph's been kidnapped. Um, this this is cool. The the his calling card. It's right there in the skull. It's right there in the skull. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get the we'll return right now. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> Big Daddy then calls uh, Wiggum. Uh, threaten him to leave. If you don't leave town, you're never going to see your son again. Well, when's he going to get his son back if he leaves town? Um, that's quite the conundrum. <laughs> Maybe he'll post him. Yeah, and then we get the um the reveal of the Mardi Gras. So, because you could hear in the background a party going on. Yeah, I was listening to this on headphones. I didn't realize how loud my my episode was until they opened up those windows. My God! Yeah, and then it blasted you. <laughs> it's not really a party town. Though, if I remember correctly, they occasionally hold a function called Marty's something. Um, the Simpsons family are then there. Because McClure warned us at the start, the Simpsons family might just drop by. I, I don't know why the Simpsons family had to in this. Because did that happen in old shows? Like, spin- like I guess in spin-offs. I'm sure it old- would have, yeah. Because are there any crime shows like a Starsky and Hutch kind of thing that are spin-offs of things? Um, I'm not talking. I'm not talking like SVU where there's different versions of the franchise. I mean, like an actual spin-off. I don't know specifically about crime shows. I'll, I'll, I'll or get police back to dramas you. or anything like that. Yeah, I did like that. Big Daddy was looking after Ralph at least. Like he had an ice cream and he's holding him on his shoulders. Yeah, the boy is fine. I told him to play the spoon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look. Big Daddy, there's regular Daddy. They do the big chase, and then we get a pretty cool little action sequence on the boat, wasn't it? Yeah, the uh, the boat, as in on the fan, the fan boat, yeah, the fan boat, yeah, yeah. That was pretty cool. I liked the quick thinking of Chief Wiggum. Like, it, mm. it's kind of cool to see Chief Wiggum not be useless, being a cop. Yeah, yeah, a good cop. Yeah, we we, we get the the running with the big spin around. It's just I love that music cue in the eyebrows. He's so pompous. It's like you just got there in time, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He mentions that he enjoys stamp collecting, and that makes two of us. <laughs> <laughs> and basically ends up just chickening out, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, just throws him and throws Ralph at Chief Wiggum, and then bails out the window. And gradually to gets gradually away. get away. The whole they mentioned the sexy, exciting ways thing here a couple of times, and I don't know, it's just a way of wrapping up nicely. Where he says, "I want to be like you, Daddy." Skinner says, "You better start eating." For me, it just seems odd hearing um, Ralph say, "Oh, I didn't mean it that way." Ralph's a dimwit by this point. He wouldn't be talking like that. Uh, yeah. Well, that that joke would be lost on Ralph, you know? Yeah. I didn't mean it that way. It just sounded weird hearing Ralph be smart. What I was going to say, it's a different show and a different version of Ralph. And by the virtue of that, they are kind of addressing the fact that these are only actors, not actual people. Mm. Therefore, uh, Ralph yeah, could so, yeah. play himself differently. Yep, yep. Okay. I'll let you have that one. McClure is then, we come back from commercial, and McClure is then checking out the dummy's chest which is something I don't think would happen in new episodes of The Simpsons. Um, he was just staring at the chest of the dummy. It's like there, there was it yeah. served no purpose to have it there. Yeah, there was two moments. Right. There, was, there was two moments in this episode. That's one of them. And then when they beat up Grandpa in, in this next episode, he said that we were gay. He said that we were gay. Or well, said that I was gay specifically. Yeah, yeah you're right. Uh, I, I don't think that they would be done anymore. No, I don't. They don't 
further yeah. anything. They're just there. Like, and, and they're just jokes of their time, basically. Yeah. We then get the intro to Moe's. Immediately, because of the, the, the music, it feels like Cheers, don't you think? Uh, I, no, not, not, I didn't not the get theme, Not the theme vibe. song. Not the theme song. The, when, I, when I first show Moe's. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, I, in that case, I did not pay enough attention to what okay, that music okay. was to answer the question. Uh, Barney is at Moe's and he leaves for a date. Is it the, the woman who yells at the front of the drugstore or something? Yeah. Ah, jeez. She told me she was washing her hair tonight. I must say, th- this one was jarring, not so much for the comedy, but it was jarring in the way it was directed. It was done well because it would have been hard to direct this in the sense that it had, they had to use the three camera uh, technique Style. because it's meant, yep. to be a, meant to be a live action sitcom. Yep. I appreciate the effort that went into it, but it just didn't feel right. Uh, yeah, like it's... Well, I mean, it's not supposed to feel right, I guess. It's not nothing wrong with it. It's just it felt it felt a little jarring to me watching it. Yeah. But for me, that was one of the things that I actually enjoyed about it, though. Like, I liked that they mm-hmm. were able to completely twist their own form and commit to doing a show the way other shows have been done. I still enjoyed this one. I just don't think it had much to offer beyond this. I just thought... Eh, it's fine as a one and done, but uh, I, don't know, I just got a bit bored of this. The bad jokes for the sake of bad jokes got a bit boring by the end of it. And then the last one was yep. just terrible. The Simpsons with a laugh track was a, a different thing to Yes, to. definitely. Yep, yep. Grandpa then starts talking. And the theme song for this, though, is fantastic. While shopping for some cash, an old man passed away. He floated up toward heaven, but got lost along the way. Like, not just the theme song, but also the actual animation to go along with that theme song. Yeah, yeah. It looked really, really cool. It's, it was almost like 8-bit animation, but not. It was as if The Simpsons were real ca- was real life, and they said, we need to do an animated version of what we look like as people. Yep, yep, definitely. Uh, Grandpa says he's here to give some love advice and have a little your classic sitcom back and forth bigger. I'll have you know, I wrote the book on love. Yeah, all quiet on the Western Front. Ah, kiss my dish rag. <laughs> Homer then enters and we get the applause. And this, this is, I appreciated this. This is what it was like back in the day. There's always that one character that the audience loves and they gave them a few moments to, um, to clap and applause. Happened in Seinfeld, but they nipped it in the bud very quickly, didn't they, with Kramer? Did they? I, I don't. I think that continued on for quite a while. No, no, no. It no. was Larry, it la- was more um, pronounced at the beginning, but Kramer always got a laugh and a bit of applause for his entrance. Never got applause. Larry David made sure there was no applause. Oh, they were allowed to laugh when he walked in, but they weren't allowed to applause. Okay. Larry, Larry David made sure of it because he said it takes 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 the viewing audience out of the moment. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Anyway, save that for our Patreon uh, talking Seinfeld podcast. It's coming up. So Homer enters, and it's just a reason to have a Simpsons character on the show. And he pulls the plug. It's pretty funny. That's the second time he's pulled the plug on me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that was kind of funny. Cruel, but funny. (laughs) It is cruel. (laughs) But it works. The woman then arrives, and she was actually drawn like Tress McNeil, who voices the character. Ah, okay. Uh, Grandpa says to, you know, get her to test the machine. I'll I'll rig this for you. I'll I'll be your wingman. Um, Tells her to go near Mo. And Mo Mm -hmm. is not... 
a nice person. He, I know he has a good heart in most cases, but he's just a misogynist. <laughs> yeah, like he, and yeah, no, he's an asshole. And that, and that that's why this show, this format, like, like this show here, the Love Matter Grandpa, wouldn't work now with the character of Mo because female audiences could not get behind a character like Mo when his mm. first instinct is to say, "I'm going to take you out back." <laughs> you think that this is pitched for female audiences though? There would still be male audiences out there that would find this funny. But there's got to be characters that, even if it's not targeted specifically at females, there's got to be a female character on a show in order for it to be successful. I mean, think about it. Think of yeah, any... Tress, yeah, Tress McNeil's character. But they, well, they, they fall in love with a misogynist because, they, because, because they're fooled and lied to by a, a machine. Uh, look, yeah and no. I mean... They're tricking, they're tricking women into falling in love with a creep. I think two and a half <laughs> men managed to be successful for a really long time without That's... once appealing to women. Oh, well, yep. I concede. That is true. And so, I, did, I, did, I didn't even like that show. I never got it. Did yeah. you? Uh no I no I don't in um I'm no I don't like the show, but it's it's kind of proof that you can still find an audience that is a male only audience and be successful and make money if you want to. You can yep, do the yep. same thing for women. You you mentioned Sex in the City. Sex in the City is not a show made for men, and it was yeah, you're right. wildly and successful. I'll just I'll just shut my big mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened? So I uh, invited to a French restaurant. This is where we get Grandpa talking about how he invented kissing and whatnot, and Mo just looking at the camera, breaking the fourth wall. Mm-hmm. It's, it's cool. Uh, we then cut to, and this is a classic sitcom. So, walking into the restaurant wearing a, a suit, but the crowd doesn't laugh until they see him walk in. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, take him to the toilet because he can't have her. It's not because I can't have a love tester in the restaurant with me. It's because because that's weird. It's because I can't let her know that we're we're working together. <laughs> Yeah, the, yeah. I, I mean, I take my uh, breath tester out with me all the time. And uh, what else? What other sorts of testers are there in the world? Um, IQ test, but you can't. That's not a device. That's just how to taking a test. Um, there's breath test. There's drug test. There's IQ test. Well, I just said IQ test, but you can't really. There's oh. no machine for that, though. You know what I mean? It's just you go and do an IQ test. Yeah, but like, is there some sort of pub version of that though? Where you? Get- oh, okay. I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe, but. But is that really the location for it where you're out there having drinks? See how, see how much dumber I get by drinking no one, beer? No one else will come with me. Uh, well, I've got here. I like that Mo. It's, it's, it shouldn't be funny, but it is. Mo thinks he's being really nice when actually he's being really awkward and quite mean. I like that you're just letting yourself go. <laughs> yeah, that you're not, you're not all caught up on looking attractive or desirable. And, and the good thing about Mo is he's not afraid to just tell it like it is. But I know he's bullshitting, but he's like, oh, I've got the runs. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, no one's going to question that. It's like, you go. Go. It's yeah, like if, go. A, if, a, if, a, if a girl student at school says to the male teacher, it's girl stuff. It's like, go, yep. take as long as you need. Go. <laughs> yep. Fine. Fine. Do you need someone? I'll find a teacher for you that can help. Yeah. You, you want to take an extended lunch break? Go for it. You want to come yep. back tomorrow? See you later. Yep. <laughs> Have the week. Yes. <laughs> they, he then walks back and finds that the kids are smashing up grandpa because he said that one of them was gay. Why they were in the toilet. At the restaurant is beyond me. It doesn't matter. But then he... You mean like why they were at the restaurant at all? Yeah. I mean, why they were in the toilet, I could guess. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, like, what, why were they all of a sudden at the restaurant in... Like, yeah, like, why would they be at the restaurant? Yeah. yeah. He then gives bad advice, but not deliberately. He's fucked up. <laughs> it's Mo's fault for taking this advice, really. Yeah. Oh, Daisy Dazzle. Give me your answer. Will you quit your clowning? I need help here. 
Oh, tell her her rump's as big as the queen's and twice as fragrant. Now, I've read that this is a... He's singing O Daisy or something. Okay. Wasn't a song that sure. I'd recognised. Hey, the Love Money Grandpa, I've just written here. So the machine, he's singing Daisy Bell in a distorted manner when its logical circuits are failing. It's a reference to Hal from the 1968 film 2001 A Space Odyssey. Ah, gotcha. So he takes the bad advice, cuts back, classic sitcom. You are the worst thing. Crowd laughing. He's got the, you, you don't have to see what happened. You just know what happened. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty, cool, pretty funny cut. Um, he's got the food on his head. And then, um, do we actually get her name? I don't know if we do, actually. If we did, I did not really hear it in a way that sunk in, which is probably becoming a bit of a theme for me throughout this episode. Uh, She loves the fact that Mo was making all the effort because Mo comes clean about everything. Even here, you know, I I really really wanted to do ya. This is the least likely ending of all time. Uh, Yes. Like, it's borderline offensive watching it. It's pretty insulting to the intelligence of the viewer, isn't it? (laughs) But 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 sitcoms are like this. A lot a lot of old sitcoms, uh, not old old sitcoms, but yeah, I know. But it just when you watch it now, it just feels bad. It doesn't feel like it's trying to be bad. It's just like but, oh god. Where she's was... like you you sweet man for doing this. You mean like all that or the fact that it's yeah. a, a love tester? No, the fact like the you sweet man. It was just an easy out for them, so they can get the whole happy ending. But yeah, it did feel just come on, guys. You, is that all you got? Um, but yeah, so they, they laugh to the end and we, we get Grandpa's face. As a feminist, Dando, I was upset. Oh, okay. As a feminist. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I said, though, whilst it, has, whilst it has a highs and lows, this one, I will give a thumbs up to the directing because it would have been, would have been difficult. It would have been a, a complete shift from what they were used to mm. um, working on The Simpsons, having the three cameras set up. So they did a really good job of that. We come back and who is John Winslow, by the way? So that's the um, guy that Troy McClure was talking to. Is he somebody? That I should John, know. John Winslow. Let's have a look. John Winslow, 1597 to 1674. I don't think that would be him. No. <laughs> Nothing else comes up. But anyway, that's the guy that uh, Troy McClure was talking to and then gives him absolutely no time um, because we have to get into the Simpsons Smile Time Variety Hour. Um, it, it starts off strong, right, this, this little clip. I don't mind the intro. I like the intro and... I like the Wayland Smithers dances. Yes, uh, but and once they start getting into all the sketches, it's just like, oh, just ended already. But so it starts off with Brockman doing the intros. The, the family who doesn't know the meaning of the word cancelled. It's actually funnier now because the show's still on the air. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> like true. This this was what uh, eight twenty two years ago. Yeah, and they're talking about why are they still on the air? You know. Yeah. Um, the characters then all introduce themselves. We get Homer. He's afraid of there's going to be a ghost. It's actually that's guess yeah, yeah. But do you know what this was a takeoff of? It was the Brady Bunch Friday hour. Oh, was it really? Okay, that's why Lisa's not in it, including Lisa not coming back for it. Yeah, yeah, because Jan, the uh, Eve Plum, I think her name is, uh, who plays Jan Brady, didn't want to do it. Okay. Um. So, uh, but I think this would have been better had Lisa been in it. I get that that was the joke, but you get halfway through it and you're like, oh, this. It was funny for the joke, but now I've got to watch her do the whole thing. You yeah, know? like. Lisa would have had some. Lisa would have been able to have some moments that were decent. Yes, exactly. Yeah, like it was. It worked for the the initial joke of oh yeah, that's right. They're taking off the fact that Jan didn't want to be on the Brady Bunch one. But then, yeah, by the end of it, I was like, I, I missed Lisa, you know, mm. which is just a line I never thought I would ever say. Yeah, the intro is fun. Like it's got it's a good song. Tim Conway is the guest, but then it just gets yeah, a bit 
old from there. So we got the Beavers sketch. Uh, what is there to say, really? It's just sort of deliberately written bad, deliberately written corny. You got the cutaways where they're judging the skits. Now that's also a takeoff of laugh, laugh in. I keep saying laugh in. I'm pretty sure it's laugh in. Yeah, um, okay. which was the, the show I mentioned where they would do a sketch and then have a little cutaway of somebody judging the sketch, which is it's, what well, um, Judge Schneider does and things like it's that. It's also a little bit of a Monty Python move, and yep. may have okay. even be like begun with them, like where they would have um, Graham Chapman come in with the stop that it's silly and that sort of thing whenever a sketch got out of hand. That's yeah, that's that's what they're going for, that kind of vibe. Yep. So then we cut to the I want candy, Jasper singing, the Smithers singing licorice whip, Molman. It's just there's just not much to it. I don't I'm not gonna uh, fucking discuss it because we uh, people watching people listening at home and who have watched it know exactly what happened. There's not much there. It's just different sketches that aren't really that funny. Yeah, like it's just what the Simpsons singing I want candy. It's like when they do a crusty sketch and it's deliberately bad, like Mad About Shoe, except in those in those moments, those sketches last for about 15 seconds. Whereas here, they probably don't even... Like, it feels like they're going for minutes. Like that I Want Candy felt like it went forever. Forever. I was like, oh my God, what are we... What are, what are they thinking here? Anyway, then it's time to say goodnight. They're all in the bed. They thank the sponsors and whatnot. Uh, it was pretty funny seeing Tim Conway leave really quickly at the end. Did you say that? Yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. He sneaks away and runs away. But besides all that, yeah, like... I get what they were going for, but it just didn't work. And I think it's even worse now going back and watching it. Just wasn't for me, I should say. Thankfully, we end the episode, though, with Troy McClure, making jokes about the fact that the show's run out of ideas. And like we said, Bill and Josh truly thought the show was done and dusted by this point. They couldn't believe it was still going. And then we get the mention, the, the appearance, I should say, from Osmodia. I've read that they wanted to have Osmodia appear on the actual show, but Granny nipped it in the buds. In the, now, is it butt or bud, by the way? Uh... It, oh, no, it's Bud. Yeah, I saw you say that on Facebook the other day, and I was going to pull you up on it, but I didn't want to be a pedant uh, too publicly. But you nip it in the bud. It's a reference to um, killing flowers before they bloom. Yeah, I know that, but I I've, I've swear a saying also in Australia is nip it in the butt, as if to say no. stop that. No, it's just no, always Bud? Okay, okay. It's only ever been Bud, but people say it wrong. It's like people okay. saying for all intensive purposes instead of for yeah. all intents and purposes, that enough people have said it wrong that, like, I will grant that you probably heard someone say that at some point when you were young and it's stuck Yeah, in I just thought head. there was two re- two ways of saying it. That's all yeah. I thought, yeah. Yeah, no, there's not. Okay, so, yeah, that's a, um, Granny was just like, no, we can't do that because it's just, that's too ridiculous. As Even though The Simpsons had got ridiculous by that point, having a little grain dude appear to talk to Homer in his imagination would have been stupid. Yeah. But all in all, um, this episode, watch the first eight minutes. That's all I can yeah. say. Maybe, maybe if you've got a bit of spare time, watch the next segment. Don't bother with the last part. It's yep. just not. It's just not worth it. I'm sorry. I don't like shit canning on The Simpsons, but this was not good. That final segment. Yeah, first eight minutes, very enjoyable. I uh, wish it. I wish that went for longer. I'd watch an entire season of the first eight minutes. What did we learn, Palmer? What did you learn from the episode, Mitch? Uh, that there are better ways to spend my time. I learned that Tim Conway weighs 120 pounds. Yeah, okay. Which feels light. It does. I think I weigh about 180. For some reason, that sounds right. 120 <laughs> pounds to kilos. Yeah, like that's 54 kilos. Tim Conway weighs more than 54 kilos. Yes. He looked like he enjoyed a beer or two. Uh, yeah. Uh, or perhaps a nice little cream pie. Now, I know that you're not having beer, but I'm having my uh, my first beer for the year right now. I've decided, uh, I said to Nicola today... 
I don't drink very often. I very, very rarely drink. But for now, I'm going to have a beer with my podcast. Okay, that works. Um, I, I have kicked beer for the month just to help shed a few kilograms. God, I miss it. <laughs> Jamil! Jamil is here! Woo! Mailbag time. Now, as I promised earlier on, before we get into the questions for this week, which have had plenty come through, we're going to be doing the drawing. I will read two, two of them. Yes, we're going to be drawing out the uh, the winners of this month's prize draw, the Patreon exclusive. So the first prize is going to be a pop vinyl from Futurama. You won't know which one it is until you see it arrive in the mail. And the major prize, which is for the $5 plus patron, is going to be a $100 Moe's uh, Tavern, Flaming Moe's vinyl figure, courtesy of our friends at Kid Robot and Pop Culture. So Mitch, do you want to reach into that... Uh, that hat and draw out a name for me, please. Uh, I will, please. Uh, pass the hat over this way. I'm digging in deep. And the I have two names in my hand, Dando. The first one that has come out, the minor prize winner is Brendan Dando. And the major prize winner is yes. Mitch Grinter. I want that moment. No, 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 no. I was the major, remember? That's the way we planned it. Ah, uh, shit. I've gone <laughs> off script. No, um, the real minor winner is Mr. Lee Curry. Congratulations. And thank you very Sounds much. Sounds delicious. Your- uh, Lee Curry, yeah. It's uh, I feel like that would be light. It would um maybe have a slight lemon aftertaste, which is mm, unusual maybe. for a curry, and that's <laughs> and that's why Lee is so memorable. Uh, congratulations on winning a pop vinyl, a Futurama pop vinyl is going to be on its way in the mail to you. Hopefully, you like Futurama. <laughs> and and who is the first prize winner? The uh, major prize winner that I have here goes to uh, the delightful Tash Cooper. Tash Cooper. Strong name, Tash Cooper. Strong name for a lady, <laughs> yes. yes. Um, but uh, Tash Cooper is a successful. What's a what's a sport I can say that's not going to sound sexist? Isn't it? Is me saying she sounds like a, a really good netball player sexist? Is that me? Is that sexist? Oh, I guess you could say AFLW. I was going to say T- Tash Cooper's a, the the full forward of the Geelong AFLW team. Tash yeah. Cooper with yeah. four goals, four goals, yeah. three. Tash Cooper. That works. I feel like it'd also Ter- be a good name. Terrible conversion, right? <laughs> it'd be a good name. Like, if you were going to launch a pale ale and name it after yourself, the Tash Cooper, I could drink that. Mm, that is a good pale Yeah. Someone, someone steal that. That's good. <laughs> I would drink Tash. Yeah. The beer. Yes. Uh, so, what's the first question from the mailbag this week? Oh, I like. Okay. So, uh, Ty Rushmire. Actually, sorry. Firstly, um, we've got to apologize to a patron who. Uh, sent a message through to Facebook saying that she was low-key devastated about not having had the email read out. And you made a promise that we would read the email out. Now, first thing I you said- I promised nothing. You said next week. That's an implied promise. Uh, now, firstly, the next week in question was actually the Frank Grimes episode that we recorded over a year ago. Yeah. Secondly, <laughs> you then didn't write down the person's name, and now I don't know which email I'm supposed to read out, and we can't find the message in Facebook. <laughs> So, so if like you're a, listening, like a well-oiled machine, we are going to very politely ask that you send another message through and say, I'm the person, and I guarantee that I will actually read you out next week. Or, what this, says, what this says, though, is that people are sending questions through and you're not reading them out. They have to well, come the, to me on the Facebook no, group. They don't all get read every week, Dando. That's how it works. Because if I but do what that... To the, ones, well, the ones that don't get read out never get read out. Yes, they do. We go back. Either that or they were just never good enough. But I'm for just, the I'm most... I'm trying to shift the blame. I'm just doing the odd handball. That's all. No, no, no. Yeah, well, yeah. No, but then we go back. Otherwise, I have weeks where there's no emails and that's not fun. Then I have to make shit up again. Next time, I'll just write back, too bad. 
<laughs> but yeah, no, if you're listening right now, which you're obviously going to be, write into, not the Facebook page, or you can write to the Facebook page, I'll make sure I do take a note, but you can write to both, email again, or write back to the Facebook group, and we will make sure that next week, when we review the season finale of season eight, that your question is read out, if Mitch doesn't read it out now. <laughs> yeah. Continue, Mitch. Jason Clear writes in with an answer uh, uh, from um, In Marge We Trust. Uh, we were asking mm. about Sunday school versus church. Sunday school and the worship service do, in fact, take place separately in most churches. There is even a Sunday school for adults, although most churches have different names for it. It might be called Bible study, for example. Uh, oh, he's also correcting me on the pronunciation of Ozymandias, where I had said Ozymandias. Still loving the show, and thanks for putting Dohemian Rhapsody up on the page again. I was about uh, to plug him. He's the guy that created Dohemian Rhapsody, which is one of the greatest Simpsons meme videos of all time. Yeah. So there you go. I've been mispronouncing the name of a mythological... Actually, is he mythological? I don't even know. He might be a real god. Who knows? Or a real Breaking king. Breaking bad fans were furious. King Ozymandias. Who knows? Uh, Robin you would Harvey... Not win, if, that, if that was Unwheel of Fortune, you would not be able to solve that puzzle correctly. <laughs> mythological hero, Achilles. <laughs> Achilles. <laughs> Uh, this is still one of my favourite videos of all time Robin I, I Harvey I'm sorry for the guy because he fucks up twice does he? Do, oh, does he actually does he follow it up with a second mispronunciation? no I think it's one of those ones where it's really obvious what it is and then he says a letter that's not in the puzzle <laughs> like on the same night so this is uh, this. That's I remember it was college week or whatever and these yeah. were three college students and this guy just fucked up just kept fucking up and he felt so bad for the guy and he's finally about to win Greek god Achilles. <laughs> uh, Robin Harvey oh. writes in, Hi guys, I love a good Simpsons sing song, especially after a couple pints on a Friday. My friends have gotten a bit sick of me boasting that I know all the words to see my vest with the demonstration quickly following. So instead of quitting this bad habit, I've switched it to Lisa's sax version of Those Were The Days. Do you have any favourite numbers with which to delight your friends? See My Vest is pretty fantastic. Um, to delight my friends... Um... We do always works well. Yeah, in yeah. Group. Yep. Um, jazz man. I don't know. If you, I don't know. If jazz man. When the jazz man, you can't pull that off with in a group of people. Testifying. I know you love that. Faithless man believes. I did not know that was a Carol King song, by the way. No, uh, neither did I until doing this podcast. To- uh, softball. Talking softball. Yeah, talking softball. That's a pretty talk good one. Softball, great song. I think anyway. if I was, if I lived in the states, I would most certainly go to baseball games very regularly, and I think I would sing that song every time. Well, Mr. Burns had done it. Yeah, and it'd be like the equivalent of when I go to the football. Like it, you can't not sing Paul Kelly, Leaps and Bounds. That mm. high on the hill, looking over the bridge to the MCG. Like it's or just, if you, yeah, it's a great it's, line. It's ingrained. Or if you hear when, when the Richmond theme song's playing, even though you don't like them, you have to say "Yellow and Black." Like, like even if you're singing it to yourself, yeah, you don't want to, but you're singing it in your mind. You know, I've stopped doing it. Yeah. I did it. I did it when they were the little team that could. Yes, when they needed all the help. And now that they've <laughs> become big and cocky, then fuck them. They can sing. They can sing their own "Yellow and Blacks." <laughs> They don't need me. I did it back when only 20,000 people were showing up. Because yeah, where, where, where those 80,000 members have just come from? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, we always had the bullshit. <laughs> continue, continue. We're off topic. Next um, question. All right, sorry. I'll open the next one. That, uh, no, I already said that one was from Robin Harvey. 
Is this um, Robert or Robin, by the way? Robin. Robin Harvey. Oh, damn it. I thought the Hollywood assistant coach, three-time Brownlee medalist, was listening. Ah, well, it's funny you should ask that because four-time premiership player Jordan Lewis uh, has written in. Really? Yeah, with a four-finger discount question. Now, this was this was actually a while ago. This was uh, the 24th of December. Is that from 2017? Oh, okay. We actually we answered this via email, but the, the basic question, and we'll say it out loud because I'm sure there was a bunch of other people that might be curious. This is more of a personal one. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. No Simpsons questions, but was wondering if you follow the NBA or college football because there's quite an Australian presence in his hometown of Salt Lake City. Uh, for any, Can you please not sing that ever again? For any... Book of Mormon fans out there. For the Utah Jazz, we have two Australians in Joe Ingalls and Dante Exum. Uh, and, of course, Ben Simmons is just tearing shit up in the NBA at the moment for Philly. What about Mills? Uh, what about we Mills? He's old in. news. <laughs> uh, the University of Utah is one of the best punters in the country uh, who also comes from Australia. So... His question is, do Australians like to follow Aussie players in the NBA or is basketball still rare to watch in our neck of the woods? And what about college football? NFL and NBA have just boomed in the last two to three years, I think. I think it's yeah. due to things like fantasy sports. Yeah. Um, fantasy sports and the proliferation of Foxtel. Like, it's is much it access, easier. Access, being able to access it, yeah. Yeah. And, like, now there's um a new streaming service, KO Sports, which allows you, or Kyo. I'm sure someone will write in and correct me on the pronunciation of that, that there, that enables you to stream all those services and that sort of thing now. And there's um, even the NFL app, like it's pretty expensive, but you can pay to have all the games live on your mobile. Um, it's, it's a lot easier to follow now. So yeah, in general, I think casually Ben Simmons gets the most press. Like Ben Simmons is the one you would, hear about on the news, read about on, you know, the tabloid news and that sort of stuff because he's often NBA doing wise, something yeah. ridiculous. So he gets the most following in general. But I think there's a, a growing number of hardcore fans and a lot of um, Australian sports players really love NBA, NFL, baseball, all that sort of stuff. Well, they can't bet on their own sport. Yeah, that's true. So I guess they have to turn to that. Mm. Uh, and... You know, that's just one of the many delights of legalized gambling, that it turns people to sports. And you've noticed that a lot of the... And away from their families. A lot of the current AFL players are now trying to really... It's not like they're trying to Americanize the sport. They're trying to bring in elements of the way that sport, like American sports are run into mm. Australia without, without game. Because our game, it was so outdated for so long. And it still is outdated in many ways. But yeah. just like the uh, free agency and things like that, that's new to us. Yeah, well, we we played a we played a sport that was an amateur sport right up until the mid '80s, and then it became professional, but without anything really behind the fact that it was becoming professional, other than the fact that it was now this is your full time job and you'll all get paid a bit more. But professional habits and professional structures of competitions and that sort of thing were, you know, that takes time to build. And I think for the most part, a lot of what they take from the uh, American style works pretty well. Like it's, it's worked there for a very long time and produces a really good product. One thing I think they've changed a lot is I think a lot of the control now lies with the players where it didn't. Now it does. The players now more so than ever get to dictate where they're playing. A player mm. can now say, I don't want to be here anymore. Trade me. That's un- that was unheard of five years ago. Yeah. And I think... 
think for the most part, I'm all for that. Like it, it does more often than not, it works out in the favor of both teams because every club's got a player that wants to move on from somewhere. So, you know, that and the fact that I, I think it's a really, Australians have this notion of like being a one club player as being really important. And I still think that there's a great romanticism to that. And there even is in baseball. You look at someone like a David Wright, a Derek Jeter, I'm pretty sure only ever played for the Yankees. And that's like, those guys are remembered very fondly for those reasons. But I also don't think that because you're really good at football as 18, that that should be a life sentence that you play for this club forever. Like that, you should have some say in what goes on. Yeah, I will. I know this is way off topic with Simpsons, but I do think though, if a team drafts you as like a, as a rookie or whatever, like a young kid, that you should have to play a required amount of play, uh, years at that club. Like for example, Tom Lynch, he he did play Gold Coast, but just say number one draft pick gets picked now, two years later they can say, I want to go that, I want to go to that team. Where to mm. me, I think you should, if they give you the opportunity, you should have to play there for a few man, a few like a, a minimum amount of years. That might that, that might sound old fashioned. I don't know, but well, that that is built into our draft rules it's just also that player contracts now the players nothing (laughs) well yeah but that's just because clubs don't have the stones to stand up and enforce it which they could do if they wanted to well geelong did this year which i appreciated uh with who with tim kelly ah yeah right wanting to go back to perth and like i feel like that will that will write itself eventually it's a very Right now, it's new, it's turbulent, people aren't quite sure how to deal with it, but there'll be an equilibrium. Yeah. Well, thank you for the question. Uh, Mark Burgess writes in, I'm an $8 Patreon, read my email. Next question. That was on the 20th of December. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. I hope, you still, I hope you stuck around for January. Uh, in honour of Mr. Burns wanting to know where all the Burnsos were in The Old Man and the Lisa, what would be the name of your four-finger discount cereal that we would all buy? Finger us. Finger us. Did you just say finger ass? Yeah. Boy. Um, <laughs> Fing- finger. Finger rings. Finger rings. Yeah, that works. Finger rings, fingerers. Sometimes two, sometimes three. Depends how hungry you are. Get off the name of the show for a second. What about, well, I mean, Dando's is right there staring, <laughs> at, staring you in the face. Mitchy bits. Mitchy bits. Yeah, that works. Oh, his second question I can't answer. Have you ever watched It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? I haven't, no. But I do okay. love the gif of uh, um, Danny DeVito going, nope, nope. Yep. Oh, okay. apparently, apparently Danny DeVito is amazing on that show. Yeah. Well, apologies, uh, Mark, that his second question was, it's always sunny in Philadelphia if he's Frank, who are Mitch and Dando. How about we throw that up to the fans to answer? Uh, hmm. Right in with who Patrons? you think we Tell will be. Tell us in the Facebook group. Yeah. Is that the mailbag for this week, Mitch, or is there one more? All right. Let's end it on a My Two Cents from Justin, either Meyer or Mayer, depending on how you like your vowels. I'll sit back while you finish the show. Yeah. When I was young, my sister, who was one year younger than me, and I both got lessons at the local YMCA in swimming, karate, knitting, and some other nonsense. At some point, my father devised a scheme wherein he would remove me from the swimming lessons, remove my sister from the karate lessons, at least officially, and then alternate sending us to one or the other. That way, he would only have to pay for one child attending one class, but theoretically end up with uh, swimming black belt children. Mind you, these services were incredibly cheap anyway. The YMCA is basically a public service. If I had to guess, they were probably 20 bucks for the entire year. <laughs> it worked because the front office didn't coordinate with the teachers of the classes and the teachers had seen each of us and just figured that we weren't super into attendance. So they didn't mind when I was there for karate Tuesday and Thursday and my sister showed up to the Friday. 
Either that or they knew and they just didn't care. Anyway, that's my dad. Well, they felt sorry for him. Yeah, possibly. These guys clearly can't afford it. Let's not yeah. judge them for it. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's the poor little Penny Karate children who've come back for another lesson. <laughs> I, I don't know why I'm Irish. <laughs> I, I, I bet that's the same question. When did that happen? Um, yeah, no, no idea. It just felt right. But anyway, thanks for listening to our review of the Simpsons spinoff showcase. Apologies if you're a big fan of this episode and you didn't like the fact that we shit canned it, but it, to me, just was not yeah. well, all that enjoyable. If just, we lose... It, I really... Go, sorry. If we lose those three listeners, then that's the price you pay for being honest. I usually am a really big fan of the ones where they break format, 22 short films and things like that, but this one just was just failed yeah. to me. Yeah. But uh, next week, we're going to be reviewing The Secret War of Lisa Simpson, which is the finale of season eight. Now, I can't believe there was 25 episodes in this season. Yeah, Huge. monster season. Really, yeah. uh, really, really, really big. Well done, writers. Uh, I, am, I am looking forward to The Secret War of Lisa Simpson. That yep. is um, it's another a, underrated one, I reckon. I think it's a really underrated Bart and Lisa story. It's nice to see Bart do yep. well in something. There's a lot going on in the Secret War of Lisa Simpson that's worth watching. Yes, definitely. I'm really looking forward to doing it. Uh, make sure if you want some uh, access into the Facebook group, the Four Finger Discount Facebook group, just join us on Patreon for as little as $2 per month to get access to that as well as a bunch of exclusive podcasts. If you've got a question for us, it's mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. Make sure you put question in the subject line to make sure that Mitch reads it out. But for now, Mitch, any final words for the listeners? Oh, those wacky Simpsons. They'll never be cancelled. Shh.